Yeah. And the way we're gonna the way we sync it up is we're gonna like clap at the same time. Okay. okay. And that'll give me like some mark. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna do is everybody recording? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna do one, two, three, and then clap after three. Oh, right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. So we're all in orchestra. I need some conducting happening. All right, I'll do like uh I'll do like one, two, three, and then clap. Okay. On the downbeat. Uh, one. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Why were we off <laughs> okay one more time i think if we do it like three or five times then okay. i just average it out <laughs> yeah okay. that's right. good one two three. Oh, that was pretty no. good Close i was it. early i was super early one last time <laughs> was i rushing or dragging no okay <laughs> one two three Oh. Okay, I think that was probably the worst one of it, but okay. <laughs> oh, I'm literally dying right now. <sighs> All right. Anyways. So, we can just get started, I guess. <laughs> Welcome back to the BS Film co- Podcast to all, like, five listeners out there. I think that's overestimating. but uh, I think it's us three. <laughs> yeah. I'm Brendan. What? <laughs> what? No, I, I'm, I'm Brendan. I'm, we're all Brendan on this we're all Brendan. day. Yeah, this is the BBB podcast. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, God. Good. Yeah, I'll drink some water from my uh, my Minion mug. Thank you very much. Ooh, my nice. name is Zoe. <laughs> I'm Brendan. I've got my deer park right here. They can't see. Why am I gesturing? This is an audio thing. This is a very, very visual format. Very, very visual. Podcast, yes. <laughs> all right. And well, so, for those of you who were listening last week... Last uh, no, year, I, I think yeah, it, I think it was about a year ago. Or <laughs> so we had the first two episodes came out within a week of each other. Then there was like a two months gap, and <laughs> this is like a year later. <laughs> so we're pretty consistent. Things have happened. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we're very thankful today. We have, as you've heard before, we have Zoe on the podcast today. Uh, one of our friends Woo! from uh, Duke. Uh, and we brought her on to talk about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Woo. I'm already turned on. Oh, no. <laughs> you haven't even gone to the armpits yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. My, my, one question. It, it's already related to the film. Um, <laughs> what is that hallucinogenic... What, what was that thing? I thought it was some kind of mushroom. Wait, is it another mushroom-based romance story? What was the first one? Uh, the Beguiled, and then Phantom Thread... <laughs> And then Climax and Good Time. Oh my gosh. Uh, which is a different drug. Don't do drugs. <laughs> or if okay. you do drugs, do it responsibly. And fall in love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 the two requirements there. Fall in love, but not well, with the drug. Well, we, we've decided to talk about Portrait of Laid on Fire because it is one of my favorite movies of this last year. Um, mm-hmm. It's been proclaimed as one of the best movies of this last year and it's on hulu streaming on hulu now so it's very accessible to watch uh and highly recommended should we get into it no i'm good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so when, when did you guys watch the movie I, I saw it like i don't know four or five days ago i watched it march 29th and then i watched the last 30 minutes for the following two three days <laughs> <laughs> i rewatched it two or three days ago and I watched it end of February. I was literally 
looking at the ca- at like oh, my early. local theater's film yeah. calendar. And once the movie had come out, I had been like anticipating it. So I probably have been anticipating it for about like four months yeah. before it came out. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, finally got to see it and it did not disappoint. It was just all. absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Just beautiful. And yeah. Uh, I think when Brendan first texted me two or three days ago after he saw it, he was he talked about um, the restraint, the amount of restraint that they had in the movie. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was pretty incredible, especially I think it's basically like the first 10, 15 minutes where you don't get to see um, the face, her face. Yeah. 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 And then finally that reveal is like it's just this enormous breath of fresh air, literal breath of fresh air, because the first reveal is when they're outside. Yeah. I wonder if I remember, like, when it was leading up to that reveal, like, I had seen it so many times in the trailer that I was like, you know that the reveal is coming, but, like, I wish I hadn't seen it so many times in the trailer. Yeah. yeah I hadn't. So I, I don't know if I didn't see the trailer, honestly. Like, I knew about the premise of the movie, but I didn't, I hadn't seen anything, so I was just going in per- fairly That's blind. That's good. Yeah. Uh, just, not just the, like, the restraint over, I mean, I think it shouldn't be, like, incredible that, like, a movie shows restraint when it comes to... De- depiction of, of certain of like like romance especially lesbian romances but like most movies i can think of off the top of my head that have lesbian romances were definitely directed by straight men like blue is the warmest color <laughs> blue is the warm, which i have not seen but i heard that was kind of a mess it's, yeah yeah uh then even the handmaiden which i i liked in general but like i was like have you guys seen the handmaiden no we were actually talking about that before yeah, yeah um yeah we both haven't it felt it, i think it's on prime i, I really really liked it um, I did feel like the the second like a little bit like okay okay mm-hmm. but it's it's I could be wrong. I think the uh, what were the names of the girls again Eloise and Marianne. Marianne so Eloise the actress who played her was a former girlfriend of the director yes okay yeah, yeah. so that's a whole this. this is oh, this actually like this makes it like such uh, like a weird little meta thing for the movie because okay so I think. They were together up until, like, the start of production for this movie, right? Or pretty close up until then. So I think it's such... It's so interesting that this movie is kind of... It's it's kind of a love letter from, like, one person to another. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it's, like, kind of beautiful. But then just having it kind of reach out and have such a, have such a broad appeal as well. I don't know. Yeah. It, I think that also makes it so interesting and unique. I'm about to have a major, like, this has been the, the biggest BS I've ever spot in my life. But, like, okay, mm-hmm. so, how, you know how, so the the artist, she she paints the, uh, Marianne paints Eloise, and it's, like, that's the memory she holds on to, because she sees Eloise at the end listening to Vivaldi, right? But besides that, like, she, all she has to remember her by besides the memories itself was, is the, the portrait, right? And the portrait, there's this whole debate about using art to try to capture somebody's essence rather than just what they look like, right? Mm-hmm. And so just how it's, like, she is remembering Eloise through her art, the director is like using this film as a way to capture her life with the actress, her former girlfriend. Yeah. Whoa, I see you. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's my hot go. take. What? Oh my god! <laughs> I, you're the hot take person, not me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying. This. I mean, I think. Okay. I mean, in a way, it. I think definitely in a way it is because, I mean, you you can't like remove it from that, right? Because she obviously wrote it in a place where she was thinking about her, but I mean, that being said, it's still. Even though, even though it's still focused on like such an individual person, I think it's still kind of. I think she definitely was thinking about it in 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 a more like general and broad sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, the main themes of this film were, like, art, of course, love, and then, like, just, like, the whole thing about memory and, like, remembering. Um, yeah, like, so you should you should drop your hot take about what the end end scene is. Oh, yeah. So, so my take on my take on the ending is, so when... Is it Marianne? Marianne's the painter, right? Yes. So Marianne comes in into the the theater orchestra hall, uh, yeah. whatever, and she she says that was like the last time she saw Eloise, and she was like, and and then they have that beautiful scene where they pan into Eloise as she's watching the orchestra play, um, but she says that during that last time that she saw her, she was like. And Eloise never saw her or never knew she was there. So my take, though, is that Eloise did know that she was there. <laughs> but this was just another Orpheus metaphor, right? Yeah. Where she oh. just didn't want to look at Marianne, didn't want to show that because she wanted just to preserve that memory <laughs> of Yo. her so much. <laughs> so. Isn't that crazy? I like to think of it that way because then it's like less sad, less it feels like less of a loss. <laughs> yeah. So, in general, what is your what is your takeaway with the whole Orpheus element? Like, what, what what's the tie in with Orpheus to this story? Well, I think to me, Orpheus is kind of, the use of Orpheus is kind of balancing that idea of is it the memory that we cherish or right. is it like is it actually the romance? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Like, I feel like the film wants us to, like, think about that, too. So, like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, Marianne turned around when, when Heloise, spoiler alert, says turn around at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But still, I, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's interesting that this idea of that the memory, the memory of love or of that romance can be more precious and or give you more joy than that love or that romance did itself. Um, and I guess like if you look at it from like a meta point of view, that can also be really thought provoking because of their relationship. But also the director said, has mentioned in interviews that like the Orpheus section was the last section, like the last kind of thing that she added into the movie. So who knows what was going on in her Go head on. there um <laughs> extrapolate if you will but um but still i think it's in a way it's like this it's a romantic idea of a romantic idea mm -hmm. where you know the memory the memory is cherished more but i don't yeah. know but like the fact that like heloise like reaches out th to marianne through the painting when she had 28 like oh, the, the, you know in the portrait mm -hmm. when the book mm -hmm. is turned to page 28 like communication through art that was like mind-blowing to me yeah uh, i mean the way that a director communicates through film the huh. way that a painter communicates through the painting i think yeah. it's it's i think it's one of the it's it's one of the reasons why i love movies so much right because you're sitting in the theater with a bunch of people but in a way it's such an it's still a very intimate setting where it's you and this movie, yeah. you and this director kind of yeah. communicating. And, um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just interesting that, like, like stereotypically you would see, like, a painting as static and it's something, it's like, it's like a memory that it's it's in the past. But the fact that she 
was able to yes. use the painting to, to communicate something that she couldn't in person anymore. It was like, mm-hmm. it was more than like a memory. It was like this living mm-hmm. thing that like, and she gained, and Marianne gained something from the painting beyond just like using it as a way to cherish a memory. That was, it was like was a neat. dialogue right then yeah. and there in that art gallery. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I gasped <laughs> that part. Oh my God. Um, but back to the, the well, restraint, is that the word you used? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, like in terms of like the sound and the music used in this film, mm. um, mm. I thought it was so incredible that, that like when we first heard the the choir song at yes. the bonfire, that was so shocking to me and like also mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um, and then I and the, and then uh, uh, the song what was it that song and Vivaldi right yeah yeah um, and I read that like I don't know what article it was but it was just saying like. It, it's so raw and so exposed like in the mm-hmm. very beginning and all you hear are like the fire crackling and you know that kind of stuff but then it mm-hmm. like as their emotions and stuff are like more open and their relationship grows it's like then you add like music and it's more like you know um yeah i have two things to say about that scene one was the when i saw it the first time i felt like like the movie like reached out and was just grabbing me in that scene and i was just yeah. like I was completely just frozen. and Which one, the bonfire? Yeah. And yeah. it was like an out-of-body experience watching <laughs> yeah. that. Um, second is, the, when, when the mu- music is like coming up, it kind of sounds like um, the... Uh, opening to Frozen. Oh. <laughs> or, <laughs> I was going to say the, op- the, um, the, the chanting in uh, 2001. I was literally uh, thinking, I was literally thinking oh. I was actually about to say that once, once you finished. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking 2001. Yeah, it, it felt it did feel very creepy, kind of in a way. And then once they start kind of jazzing along, then it got a little more. Ex- I don't want to say uppy, but like exciting and stuff. And less, yeah, like, but I don't know if that was intentional because in two thousand one, that motif is used whenever we see the monolith, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the, the that uh-huh. choir is used for that, yeah. and it's kind of indicating this um, the rise of something new, a new technology. Uh, and in this case, maybe it's indicating the flame about to be uh sparked um and it quite uh, literally was on her dress <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh um so that that's that's my take on it um <laughs> what do you guys think of the the ghost thing Ooh. i had no idea what was going on when it first appeared and then yeah. second and then only when we see her in that dress in real life was mm-hmm. i like oh Mm-hmm. I still don't know exactly what it means, <laughs> but but here she is in that uh-huh. white dress. I think it was like, I don't know, like her thinking creatively about like the last time they see each other in person when she's at the stairs. It's like the the ghost of the patriarchy, essentially, because that's like that's like the wedding dress, right? Because like the white dress she's in is like that the wedding dress that she's supposed oh, to. It wear is for her wedding, like, right? Right. And so it's like. It's like that reminder that that constant reminder that you know she's not she's not going to be with her forever. Like this is this has the best they can do. Yeah, I I want to say there was one time when the ghost appeared where it was in the hallway and Marion's back was turned to the ghost and then looked back at the ghost and saw her. So which to me is like straight up like Orpheus or or like Orpheus's dead wife being like a spirit, right? And him looking back at her. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But yes, but it's like the, I felt like that was a thing. I'd have to rewatch it. But Did yeah. the ghosts only start appearing after they had that talk about Orpheus at, with the card games? Oh, 
I think maybe it here before. Actually, I don't know. I, think, so. I, think, yeah, I, I don't feel like know. it only appeared in like the last 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Hmm. At least that's what I remember. Hmm. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the maid? I loved hmm. her. Yeah, what was her name? Um, uh, like, oh, Sophie. Sophie. Sophie, okay. Yeah. I liked her as a character a lot. Mm-hmm. She was, I like how whenever, like, Marion was, like, up in the middle of the night with some problem, Sophie was just, like, already there making her, like, tea or something. <laughs> she was, like, 24-7 helping these people out. Yeah. Her, her major arc, it seemed, for a lot of it was, was her trying to get an abortion, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. The first, when she was first trying to get it, was she basically just, like, dropping from the ceiling repeatedly? Was that, that was happening? Because that's, it's, it seemed like she was, like, hanging herself, but then just, like, falling. And I was, like, oh I think, like, God. she was, like, probably just, like, not hanging herself, but, like, hanging from the ceiling or like something. Like, letting gravity take the yeah. baby out. Oh. I mean, they, they probably looked up, like, those, all, all of that that yeah. they tried yeah. to do during yeah. that, like, time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, I think, that, um, in some of their interviews, I... I've read or I've heard about them discuss kind of the abortion scene and then what follows the um, mm-hmm. the painting of the, the painting. abortion. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think Celine Siama, the director, kind of considers that as like one of the pivotal turning points of, of the movie. It's kind of... Is it because the, Eloise is like, paint this and like, and she's like, face this and look at this kind of? I think so. And it, yeah, and with that, there's kind of like, if I remember correctly, I, I don't remember exactly. I think all their interviews that they have online are fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think she said something around the lines that it's the women kind of coming together and there's there's kind of this commonality between all of them in, in, at that moment, you know, that they're, yeah. they're all like doing or something like that. But um, I thought putting that in my mind and rewatching it put like an interesting uh, pivot to the movie after that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I know we talked, we kind of started talking about this earlier, but, um, Brendan, you mentioned that a lot of the movies about, um, lesbian romances have been directed by men, uh, with Carol, Carol was also directed by a man, A right? gay like, man. I, ha- I haven't <laughs> seen, I haven't seen Carol. I'm so sorry. Oh, Zoe, I know you love it. I'm so sorry. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's one of those movies that Isn't I need to rewatch watch soon. It's so it somewhere? If it's somewhere, I, I will watch it soon. Yeah. But um, thinking, I think thinking about like the female gaze in this movie and having a female director and like the importance. pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Female. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I'm so slow. Okay. I, I read this. I, I saw this, this video. I saw this Great. video. Um, this video essay that argued that like so I'm not I'm not saying if I agree or disagree whatever. I just thought it was an interesting perspective that like you can't have a female gaze because male gaze refers to the tools used to like gaze on the subject's body and so. Regardless of who makes it or who the subject is, it's still considered a male gaze because that's the way it's been historically used. Oh, it's an interesting idea I heard. <laughs> I okay, so humble brag. I um, <laughs> I was at a uh, thing where Natalie Portman was talking about oh, the yeah, female yeah. gaze, uh-huh. and she says, "I think her take on it is really interesting. That though there might not really be anything specifically, there might not be specifically a female gaze. Like there might not be a certain like visual." thing about it but it's more of what what having a female director can um having her insights into these characters mm. can add to the the directing can add mm-hmm. to kind of creating the atmosphere on the set for these um these actresses to fully embody their character and interact with each other mm-hmm. and um i think having that understanding of their characters and having that the understanding of 
for example, like a, a man wouldn't know what anything about what kind of going through an abortion would be like. Mm-hmm. And so having having the female quote unquote female gaze there would provides like an insight into what it's actually like if that makes any sense i don't know i feel like if i were to see like a lot of movies I, I, I haven't seen a lot of movies like abortions but like i feel like i could see a movie where they do that and it would just be like a lot more dramatic with like music and these like random close-up shots where it was like it felt like all the like just like we were watching it happen in in portrait yeah um, kind of interesting have you ever seen um four months three weeks and two days no not uh, you know have you heard of it it's, it's by this uh, i can't remember it's, it's a romanian Guys, so it is a guy, but the whole movie is just about this the, this college student trying to get an illegal abortion, and it's like, it's it's by a guy, but it similarly has this like this like brutally honest depiction of the whole matter, hmm. and it's yeah. it's it's a pretty intense movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's this movie coming out. I think it's already out, or it it's kind of it kind of shifted its release to like video, um, to streaming or mm-hmm. video on demand. Mm. Uh, I think it's called uh, Never Sometimes, Never Rarely yeah. Sometimes. Oh. Never rarely, it's a focus features movie. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, never rarely, sometimes always. Yeah. I think it's about um, a girl who goes some to like a different like city New York to try or something. And, yeah. yeah, to try and get an abortion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> I've heard good things. I, I about really want to see that because yeah, yeah the, a lot of people have been saying great things about it. So, but yeah. Um, Zoe, do we have do you have time to go over the, the favorite movies of the year slash decade? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right before, we, right before we uh, terminate our 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 discussion on portrait, <laughs> I think. Can I drop my favorite quote? Yeah, sure. So that last part when they're like they have their hair down and they're facing each other in bed, um, like one of their last moments together, and it was like, um, when you like asked if I had known love, I could tell the answer was yes, and that it was now. I remember. I was like, what? Oh, that was the greatest. Oh. Yeah, that whole. Oh man quote i liked it was something like does it always feel like when like you you fall in love like you're discovering something new or something like that it was like you're discovering something that's something yeah. about that that i really liked yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think i like the really cheesy one where it was, um, <laughs> don't regret remember <laughs> or it was um uh, uh how do you know when it ends and they're like you just let it go until yeah it ends and i thought that was kind of pretty the um, whole movie was just poetic. Uh, I feel it's like. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, okay, I know we um we joked about it, but the colors. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> it's beautifully shot. It's beautiful. Oh man. They were yeah. talking about all the all the lighting that they had to do in order to achieve some of their shots because yeah. they were shot in like these like dark rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Or dark. Um, um but yeah, it's gorgeous looking and um the song that they play is the last movement in summer. Yeah. In uh-huh. the holy summer. So it's literally the end of summer. Oh, yeah, like the golden days coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, I've always, whenever I heard that song, I've always thought of it as just like this very angry Fury. song. Fury, yeah. Yeah. But now, I, whenever I listen to it, I can't help but just cry. Yeah. It's now just like this incredibly romantic and heartache yeah. song. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing. It's like, I think like Roger Ebert like had some kind of quote about how a lot of like movies like use music to just kind of like cheapen the experience and like get you to feel certain emotions way but like really great movies are able to add something new to the music itself and like elevate the music and so like Make that the music right there a is character. like character yeah exactly yeah. and so like, if you look at 2000 was the most obvious example but like mm-hmm. in here it's like you it makes you think about this really old piece in a whole new way mm-hmm. which i think is really cool all right any other final thoughts on portrait before we go on to favorites okay okay cool so okay. zoe what are your favorites of 
movie of the decade, or at least like most memorable. Yeah. Of the decade? Yeah, yeah. Of the decade. Oh my god. We'll okay. jump straight into it. Okay, okay. Well, I gotta start with my favorites from the year because those are the ones I remember the best and then the ones from the decade are the ones I always just have told people were my favorite mm-hmm. movies from the past decade mm-hmm. um this like this year I really love the report it's like mm-hmm. pretty underwatched it's on Amazon or it is an Amazon movie? film mm-hmm. yeah and Annette Benning, and it's just like it gives you such a sense of hopelessness, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, I love feeling that about the U.S. government. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just like, I don't know. I thought it was, it's like a very straightforward film, but like, I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, and Short Term 12, I saw this year, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of my all-time favorites, actually. Um, it's such like an intimate movie, I think. And like, very, um, you can tell it's like, you can tell it's like a low budget film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like I don't know. I, I was surprised to see Rami Malek was in it. Um, Brie Larson, I think like a lot of like good actors like launched their careers after this film. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. What's it about? Short Term Twelve. It's like they run. Um, there's like a uh, a couple and like um, oh, what are what do you call like the houses for like. Children with troubled homes, I think. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so they're like running foster homes or something else. And I was like, not quite foster. Like, like these kids like still have like parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they're like these kids are. This is a, the safer place for them to be. Um. But then obviously, like a lot of these kids have like really sad stories, and like, um, Caitlin Deaver plays like a real a uh, kid with um an abusive father, and so like it's yeah, it's like so cool to see like Brie Larson's like character arc in the film because you like discover more about her character like as you go on, and it's like, um, it's like charming doesn't seem like the right word because it tackles such dark matter but like um it was somehow very charming um and then my other favorite films i would just drop out here i feel like you guys <laughs> brendan at least already knows um carol of course <laughs> i think it is like the music um cinematography the like it was shot on film and the acting yeah it was just like really beautiful really s- soft beautiful movie and then on the other end, Mad Max mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. <laughs> because, I don't know, I appreciated the sound soundscape of it all and um, Charlize Theron. Like, yeah, it was like a very unique film. And so, like, I'll never yeah. forget Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are my four, five, mm-hmm. whatever. So the Short Term 12, Mad Max, Carol, The Report, which was like, I guess the last year one. Yeah, Report's just from like this okay. past year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And <laughs> I watched Tron Legacy, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would you say do you have like a, a big guilty pleasure? Um, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. I've I've been doing marathons for the yeah. past like, mm-hmm. um, so like I did a Star Wars marathon, and then I did a uh, whole Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe marathon. I don't know if that counts as guilty pleasure. Everyone watches Marvel, but like, yeah. I, I feel guilty talking about it with like film nerds, but yeah, I like them. <laughs> right, like, yeah. like I, yeah, I'll admit that I really, and my other guilty pleasure is like literally watching Disney Plus like films made for like literal mm-hmm. seven year olds, like Star Girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed Star Girl too, so you know, I don't really discriminate. <laughs> Susa, you're a, 
my favorites? Yeah. Oh, woof. Oh, woof. That's a long list. I actually don't so know your how, favorites from this decade. How, how are you doing on how are you doing on time? I think uh yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I gotta go. Okay. okay, well thank you so much for joining us today. Um thank we really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great discussion. Um, I am so honored. We need to have you back soon. I haven't talked like proper film with anyone because everyone right now is watching like you know Tiger King, yeah. and I'm like I can't guilty. Wait, so, wait, so how come you're not watching Tiger King? Okay, no, th- nothing wrong with it. I just um I uh she's too like, much of an artist. No, like TikTok, I need time. <laughs> so I've been exposed now, and it's like now like setting in the system, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll get around to it. Yeah, well. Brendan and I have said that this this podcast is just an excuse for us to just keep talking yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and I haven't uh, had that yet, so I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming we all have a decent amount of time now. So yeah, hopefully we can turn out more episodes. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully I'm, we I'm can. I'm honored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Right. Bye, guys. Well, thank you so right. much. See yeah. ya. Bye. Zay.